When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Jets fans. Want $50 off your next round of drinks? Try Tap RM. They deliver the drinks right to your door so you can skip the lines and trips to the liquor store. Discover new and exclusive drinks or shop for your favorites. Don't worry. They've got all the options for you. Order your first round at taprm.com and get $50 off your first order using promo code Jets 50, $50 off $100 of beer. Not a bad deal. I would highly recommend it. I've done it. Connor's done it. Joe's got it. So make sure you go to taprm.com, use promo code Jets 50, skip the lines and get $50 off your first $100 worth of beer. $100 in beer for $50. Can't beat that. Now let's get into the pod. Setting up, looking downfield. He's going to heave a bomb for Corey Davis at the goal line. Into the end zone. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at willpaul 11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by a frequent guest, my Twitter space is uh, I'm a partner in crime, DJ Vianney. How you doing today, DJ? Chilling, man. I'm chilling, man. What it do, man? Just uh, another exciting week in uh, the land of, of Jets football. They can, uh, they you know, they know how to make a headline. Obviously, um, you know, we'll we'll start recapping a little bit of Thursday's game. Jets lose forty-five to thirty. Again, want to appreciate everybody that came out uh, to Shepherd Knucklehead out in Hoboken. Got to meet some of you guys in person, which was pretty cool. Um, Josh Johnson throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns, uh, almost leading the craziest comeback I think I've ever seen. <laughs> what was your uh, initial impression of the game? Because obviously defensively was not good, but offensively they had some good stuff happen. Yeah, I mean, again, first first drive, you know, the day they get a couple first downs. And then um, I did like a third and six call. Um, they did run, they did run, um, they ran slants basically across the board. Um, I think what a, I think the tight end might be running in the flat, but. You know, he was trying to target Denzel Mims. Uh, then Mims, he got open on that. Um, he got open on that initial, on his initial release. But um, there was, the window wasn't really there. That's why Mike White kind of pump faked and held the ball. Because the window wasn't there. You had a flat defender and you had um, a hook defender kind of in the window. So I didn't really like that call. But in the next drive, <laughs> they marched right down. Mike White doing Mike White things. Though that touchdown to Elijah Moore. After the game, I asked him, you know, what did you see pre, post snap? Is that pre-snap? We knew they're gonna be two cover two, um, and they basically ran condensed splits and they ran stick nods 
and they had basically Jameson Crowder run basically a post to occupy the eyes of the safety over the top. And then you had an out and up from Elijah Moore. And basically they were just kind of reading um, Xavier Rose just to see like if he was gonna pay a little bit too much attention to uh, Crowder. And then that was gonna allow Elijah Moore to basically sneak behind him, which is why he was so open. Cause when you have, I'm um, in cover two, when you have um, Jameson Crowder, um, you know, running that post that's gonna threaten that safety that has that area, you know? So um, they executed that well. Um, they got that touchdown. Now, unfortunately, Mike White got hurt. But then right after that, you had Josh Johnson come in and it took him a few possessions to finally get going. But once he did, you know, he's really slinging it around, ended up over 317 yards. Um, and I know a lot of people say it was garbage yard stats. I don't really buy into that. Uh, I mean, I'm a big proponent of somebody got to get those stats. Because, um, I mean, they were basically running the same coverage that they ran throughout the entire game. It wasn't like they were, they were running some different coverages early and they started running something different late. No, it was basically pretty consistent. Um, my, you know, Josh Johnson just had to kind of get a good feel for it. Uh, you know, first time playing in about three years um, in an actual NFL game, not preseason. So overall, he played well, three touchdowns, um, one interception. The interception wasn't really his fault. You know, we saw what happened. Um, but it, it, it was it was a good performance by the, by the passing attack, um, basically taking whatever was there um, getting down the field when it had to. Uh, pass protection was, was was solid. There were some plays like on Elijah Moore dig. I think on, on the first touchdown, um, first touchdown drive with Mike White on the Elijah Moore dig. Mike White had like he got hit at the end, but he had like four or five seconds in the pocket. You know that was just a deep route that they had to you know wait for it to to come open. So the passing attack, um, I was impressed with. Um, obviously, flip it to the other side defensively. It just from from my what I was watching on film, I'll be coming to the run game. Like the you know, the coach just kept their their O line and tight ends, they just kept getting to the second level time after time after time. Every time a Foley Rankins or or Quinnen were getting hit with double teams, um they couldn't really um from, from what I was seeing, they just they were getting driven back, which is kind of normal, but like they were getting driven back too far back in my opinion. And um, that's why those lanes was just seeming so big. Because, I mean, CJ's a great linebacker, but, um, you know, when you have, you, you know, the other D tackles not really holding, you know, holding shit down um, while you have a guy getting, you know, getting double teamed, you know, it's kind of hard <laughs> for a, once that old lineman gets onto the linebacker, it's kind of hard for them to do anything, you know, at that point, especially like they're getting, you know, um, they're getting engaged seven yards down the field, you know, um, five yards, seven yards down the field. So, um, the run defense was 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 pretty bad, like really bad. Um, that was that was kind of surprising, especially when you know they they have talent on the defensive line. They got talent linebacker with CJ and uh, uh, Jerry Davis, but yeah, man, it it, it, it was a rough afternoon um, watching that. Yeah, no, it's a couple of different things here. I mean, I, I first off, I agree with you in terms of the garbage time stuff that I keep seeing. It's like I know Saw got triggered. I don't know if it was at Rich or, or Connor, whoever asked it, which. Is Connor, but like I, I get, um, you know, it can seem like that, but I don't think nothing was really different with the Jets are running or with the Colts are running, and it wasn't deep into the fourth quarter. It was like once it got to a point where like Frank Reich was throwing with his starters with three minutes left in the game. Like you're not doing that unless you realize that the Jets are moving the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, Mike White had two drives. I think he was like seven to ten, if I'm not mistaken. He had the touchdown. He had one or two throws early that I was like, 
ooh, it was like the same Cincinnati ball where like he almost like could just like he looked like a backup for a second, which is fine, and that's not. Right. I don't see a criticism of him. He's, you know, in his third or second NFL start. But overall, I thought he looked good. I think I'm excited to see what he's going to play. I mean, obviously, as we're recording this, um, you know, just basically said Zach's in practice, but not to be surprised if Mike White plays, which is pretty much code for unless something crazy happens, Mike White's going to start Sunday. Um, Josh Johnson was really impressive to me. I mean, you mentioned it. First of all, this guy's older than Mark Sanchez. So, like, for Jets fans that are like, wow, the Jets have made the playoffs in a decade, like, Josh Johnson's still older than Mark Sanchez was in his third year. So, um, you know, that, that's something. I mean, Josh Johnson's touch on the ball is um, is there's something to be desired. He was throwing absolute missiles. And uh, <laughs> from an offensive perspective, they gave, the pass pro has been really good, um, good to really good for a while now. And I think that's something that if you wanted to critique Zach, that's something that's probably the, one of the most frustrating things is like outside of, maybe the Denver game, he's holding the ball a ton and he's trying to make the big play. And that's why Mike White and Josh Johnson now to operate the offense a bit better, um, in my opinion. Elijah Moore, obviously huge standout. He was the number one fantasy receiver for people that judge players based on fantasy. Um, you can judge him that way. Um, I know you tweeted the stat out earlier for the Elijah Moore belongs in the slot crowd. I think you mentioned, I think it's like 10 of 10 with two touchdowns over the yep. last two games or something of that nature. And yep. the Jets... He all the work he did in camp. We've talked about this before in spaces. It was all outside, so I'd prefer we stop with the narrative that Elijah Moore is only good in the slot. That's simply not true. Um, Denzel Mims was disappointing in the aspect that like he got an opportunity here the last two weeks, and I thought he was fine. The drop touchdown happens, and I wasn't going to kill him for it because the rest of the game he looked fine. But you can't have three drops, two of which were pretty routine catches. Um, and that's something that I think we could kind of put to bed a little bit. Corey Davis will be back this week. So um, from a run defense perspective, being overly aggressive is good for the Jets D-line, but on a short week when C.J. Mosley's playing 100% of the snaps, you need Marcus May, Ashton Davis, Jared Davis to fill in a different manner, and, and they don't do that consistently. You're going to get gashed. Um, how big of a loss is Marcus May going to be for this defense? Because I know Jets fans are very up and down with him, and they get pissed off at the agent and all that stuff, but the guy's been one of their two or three best defensive players for a couple of years now. And, and Achilles, I don't, first of all, by the way, three Achilles injuries to three defensive starters is ridiculous in one season. I cannot believe that's happened, but um, what are your impressions of what's going to happen now with Marcus Mayad, obviously uh, for a long time? Yeah. I mean, I remember I got an email yesterday saying like Marcus Mayad is overrated. And I'm just like, the Jets roster isn't good enough to where you can just be out here saying like, yeah, he's a little bit overrated, bro. He's still a good player end of the day, they just don't have that many good players. They have, they have they have some solid, they have some young, talented players, but they don't have that many good players. I was like, how many players on the Jets would start on other teams? We can go JFM, we'll start on a lot of other teams. We can say Quinnen will start on a lot of teams, Rankins, um, CJ, and May. Those are like the five that you can make an argument for, like a legitimate argument for that will start on at least half, half of the NFL. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be missed, man, because, you know, I mean, um, I mean, he hadn't been playing great the past few games. Um, I mean, most of the defense hasn't. So, obviously, you know, you have to call a spade a spade. Um, but, again, that veteran presence, being able to have everybody directed, um, being able to be kind of like a safety blanket over the top for, you know, Bryce at times, have, have, being able to be, um, you know, just that deep middle safety. Um even on that touchdown run to Jonathan Taylor, I mean, I think uh, uh, Sherrod was in there, uh, number 35, Neesman. Um, 
he was in that area too that Marcus May would have been in, and Marcus May probably gets in the way of that, uh, getting away of Jonathan Taylor. I know we focus a lot on on uh, Ashton Davis and rightfully so. He took a wrong angle and he got burnt. But like there were there were a few people that that messed up on that. Jerry Davis went through the wrong gap. Um, um, Sherrod um, got blocked up pretty easily when, and then the guy that was blocking him was just on the outside. I mean, because it was some motion, and then obviously uh, Sherrod followed him. But Marcus May was a smart enough player where he could have got into that that alley and not been blocked and possibly gotten in the way of Jonathan Taylor. Um, not saying that you know Jonathan may not have broke, but again that goes back to having a vet like May who kind of see what was going on ahead of time and being able to make that play. So, I mean, obviously it's going to be, it's going to be missed. Um, it's a very unfortunate situation, especially being a contract year. And that's why, you know, I always side with players trying to get their money at the end of the day. I asked someone in my DM saying, oh, he should have just took a deal. If that's not the deal that you feel you're worth, then we can't. And I, I really get uncomfortable with the whole money topic uh, topic because we're, we're telling people what people, we're telling people what they're worth. It's not coming out of our pockets. We're telling them what they're worth what they should take, what they shouldn't take. Like, bro, at the end of the day, like if Marcus May and his agent and representation feel that they were getting lowballed and they felt that like they deserve more, then that's that at the end of the day. Like, if you know, if you don't feel like you should, you know, the Jets should pay them, pay them that money, that's fine too. It is what it is. You, you're, you're entitled to that opinion. But saying somebody not worth X amount of dollars, eh, I don't really like getting into that, especially when not even my money. It's not a fan's money. Like, I like, Fans have been tricked into this whole notion. When it comes to the money, they've been really tricked. Because most time, you could pay a guy a lot of money on the on the deal, but you can get out of it pretty easy. Like the Jets, they can get out of John Franklin Myers' deal. I think after twenty twenty two, they can get out of that deal. They can get out. Of, they can get out of Corey's deal um, after next year. They can get up Carl Lawson's deal after next year. Most of the money isn't guaranteed. So like that initial salary isn't really what. Um, they're actually going to even make. They're, they're probably don't even come close to that unless they, you know, really match the the production of that contract. So, um, yeah, they're going to miss him uh, tremendously because um, like he he was that better veteran presence, and again, he was like the only legitimate NFL starter that had experience in the secondary. Everybody else is either a second year player or a rookie. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the money thing, I, I can't stress enough how frustrating it is when people. Hey, look at the, the total dollar amount. I remember, obviously, you know, credit to you, you broke the, the JFM story and it was like, oh my God, it's so much money, bro. It's a one-year deal. It's literally a one-year extension. And if he's great, the Jets have a team-friendly deal. And if he yeah. isn't good, then the Jets will get out of it. You mentioned, I was just going to mention this. There's the only guys on this roster that will are here through 2022. And this is even a question mark is CJ Mosley's deal where they could have gotten out of more. So this year they can potentially get out if they really want to next year, which they're not going to obviously after this year, because it's their best player. Um, and then it's like the rookies. So all these guys could be, they're all two-year deals. Joe Douglas knew what he, knows what he's doing. That's part of his crit biggest criticism. Um, if you read some of the, the hit pieces out on the Jets is, He's too stingy with money. Um, he's also responsible from a cap perspective, which the Jets have pretty much never been uh, ever. So um, I, I wouldn't get too worked up into Marcus May's money with his agent tweets. Unfortunately, guys, agents tweet a lot of stuff. If you notice, people that work in the NFL that you guys respect greatly will tweet things for agents, like Andrew Heaney's agent in baseball this week getting a very successful season to 10 ERA. So just be cautious of kind of ripping teams, you know, left and right for, for what they pay players or what they don't. Um, I totally agree with you on Marcus May's point as well. Just 
they're going to miss him a lot. And I know people were pretty disappointed the last two weeks didn't play great. For some reason, Marcus May against the Bills is like the best player I've ever seen. Um, like last week, last year, both games, he was exceptional. I think two forced fumbles, like 12 tackles and a sack against Josh Allen. Uh, you know, week one last year is the only guy that really showed up. So um, from a defensive perspective, we'll hit this quickly and we'll go back to the offense because obviously everyone wants to talk about that side of the ball. Buffalo struggled a lot yesterday. Um, they've struggled a lot a lot of different times this season offensively. They don't run the ball very well. They don't protect Josh Allen particularly well, and he's doing some stuff. Him and Mahomes kind of have done a little bit of what got them in trouble in college uh, where they kind of just try to be heroes. You obviously are, you know, we're not, not about the Dolphins, but the Dolphins played Josh Allen really. I mean, it was 3-3, I believe, at halftime. They scored six points against the worst defense in the NFL last week. What do you think that they did particularly that the Jets can potentially exploit um, you know, keep themselves in the game on Sunday other than, you know, Mike White has 500 yards and five touchdowns? Um, I think forcing them, forcing Josh Allen and company to march down the field, take away the big plays, because as you alluded to with the Mahomes and Josh Allen effect, like they, they are home run hitters. They want to, they want to, you know, uh, go for the kill shot. And if you could just play over the top and consistently make them drive down the field, which to the Jets credit, they have been able to make teams do that. They, as much as defense has been bad the past few weeks, they it's just because you know teams are just marching up and down the field. But like, like the big, big explosive plays, obviously outside of last last Thursday, that that was more of an anomaly. And the Patriots week was more of an anomaly. But they they've been able to contain teams from being able to basically shred them with you know quick hit, quick hit touchdowns, things of that nature. Um, so I think that's, that's something that they'll have to do. Like, again, I guess the Bengals, like, they had, like, the Bengals had a few plays, but, like, some of them were trick plays, like the one that Joe Mix, uh, Mixon, that was a trick play that got him all the way down to, to, to the goal line. And then you had the play with, um, to, I think it was to T. Higgins. The one in T. Higgins was on Bryce Hall that wasn't a catch. And then the other one was the May and Ashton kind of got messed up on Logan. Right, right, right. But that was more Ashton because um, he had his eyes on, on Chase, which allowed um, the post to get over the top um, over him. So, I mean, they, I think if they can just take away the deep shots and make them drive the length of the field, I think that will be their, their, their best chance, um, honestly, because um, the Bills, again, they don't run the ball that well. Um, so, but – my thing is, I just – I don't know if the Jets' DBs can match up well with um, the Bills' receivers. I know that we've given the secondary some credit, um, but I haven't – I mean, I've, I've been I've, – I've just been solid. It's been solid, but teams haven't really – like, they haven't, like, attacked them the way that you could. I think Michael Carter II has been solid. I think Bryce has been solid. I think – Echoes has been solid. Obviously, May was was above solid. Um, Ashton's been more up and down. But I think my my issue is they haven't been like game changers. You know what I'm saying? Like I just looked up a stat. Like Bryce Hall has like I think he's like fifth or sixth in pass deflections this year. He has eight, right? But like quarterbacks passer rating while targeting him targeting him is like 110, I believe, or around that area according to next gen stats. So it's like. Cause I mean, like they, they've attached a couple of touchdowns to him. So I don't know which ones are applicable. Cause you know, sometimes that, that, that can get a little funny. Cause like, if you look at all the safeties, all the safety numbers, when it comes to coverage, all of them suck. Right. Because like, when you can look, just look at the stats. Cause everybody's giving up six. Like, yeah, I see him making this patch like 16 for 17 for like in a passer rating, like 150. But like, I, most of them they're not in man coverage. So you just, you know, you never really know in that aspect, but, um, 
I just don't know if they're going to be able to match up that well when it comes to Stephon Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley because when you're going against a receiving core like that, and granted last week was a one-off, like you got to have some guys that can like make our playmakers. And the Jets, while the Jets DBs have played been solid because you know they're all young and like they've all showed promise. The one thing that they've all lacked is that playmaking ability where like they're taking away the ball, you know what I'm saying? They're giving the offense um, an extra possession because again, they have zero interceptions. The defense only has one, secondary has zero. And there've been some plays where, you know, they, they could have, you know, had some interceptions, but you know, thing just didn't go their way. But against, against that offense, you're gonna need, um, you're gonna eventually need to, you know, make some plays in that aspect. Yeah, you, you need you need sugar high Josh Allen where he gets in that weird headspace where he um, kind of just like blanks out and it does something crazy. I mean, you kind of mentioned it. A lot of the corners, I, I, this scheme has protected some. They've made some strides. They've been a lot better as a cornerback group um, than I think any of us were really expecting in the last two weeks in terms of points per game given up, really last three weeks. Mm -hmm. um, it's more probably what people thought. It just I didn't think they'd be this bad against the run, but I think it's part of, you know, scheme-wise, teams can attack them differently, all those different types of things. The slot corners as a whole, I mean, Ashton Davis probably would be a much better slot corner, frankly, mm -hmm. playing in the box than he is playing <laughs> playing safety. And he's made some – he had two forced fumbles, and it's great, but then he takes a bad angle and gets gashed. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that kind of, you know, that goes. He's a guy that looks like he's been playing football for five years, which is a, exactly what he is. He's a track guy that's a sick athlete and, you know, he hits hard. So let's hopefully, you know, he continues to develop. It doesn't look great at the moment. Um, the Jets played them well again last year on defense. So I'm interested to see if they try to take some. I know no one wants to give Greg Williams any credit and mostly, <laughs> mostly you should not, but um, he was really good against game playing against Josh Allen. I think they scored 20 or 24 in the first matchup, created a bunch of turnovers, 18 points in the second one. If Sam was even half decent or a quarter decent in that game, um, they beat the Bills last year. So we'll flip to the offensive side of the ball again. We'll talk quarterback here um, and, and, you know, and, and kind of finish with this part. But Zach Wilson obviously – had one and a half, maybe five, six good quarters, did not, you know, didn't look great. Michael Floyd goes up to the booth. Obviously things change, execution increases. The Jets start to take a lot more it's given. We've kind of all been through this already. It looks like Mike White will start Sunday. Um, Zach's going to practice this week, which is good. Josh Johnson obviously operated the offense well. We've gone back and forth about this. You've talked about this on Twitter, and I think people still don't really understand kind of your point here of, I don't want the Jets hiding Zach Wilson from the Bills because they're scared of the criticism he'll get if he doesn't play well. If Zach Wilson's not healthy, I think that's a very different story, and that sounds like the case. Um, what would you do Sunday if you, you know, you're Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, and and why do you why do you feel kind of the way you do? I guess if, if Zach's healthy, I'm I'm playing Zach Wilson. Um, I think I don't see. It's so funny when people try to tell me that it's not a quarterback controversy. If you look at the definition of controversy. It, it, it's going to say something along the lines of a public, a public uh, a discussion that results in a bunch of disagreements. So there has been a bunch of disagreements when regards to who the Jets should play at quarterback, which means that is a quarterback controversy. So the reason I'm going with Zach is because you got to see what you got in him, right? Like, yes, Mike White has shown flashes and Mike White has played better than Zach Wilson has played. Throughout the entire year, like, like his last, like his Bengals game was better than anything Zach put on tape outside of like the couple of electric throws, which I will give 
Zach that. Obviously, Zach is a better talent, but Mike White right now executes the offense at a higher level. Like when you have, when you put up 30 points, uh, they put up 34 and they put up, yeah, they put up 34 and obviously Josh Johnson and Mike, they helped put up 30. 64, 64 points, 997 yards of offense and like 750 through the air, five, six touchdowns through the air. So it's like, you know, like we we can't six. No, I think it might be, it might be seven. No, it might be eight in the past two games. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, it is seven. All right. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, no, no, it's eight because sorry, you're not used to this. You're not used to this. Took Sandra on a full touchdown last year. So, so, like, yeah, go. I you got to see what you got in Zach. And again, like, some people are like, oh, well, you know, it's the Bills. You know, I yes, I get it. He'll probably not play well against the Bills, but you got to be able to see your your young quarterback in a division game against the best team in a division. I think that's one of the reasons why the Dolphins started having that wandering eye with Deshaun Watson, even though I, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan. I wasn't really before the sexual get, you know, saw allegations. I was on board now with it, with it. I'm, I'm not on board, but that's why they had a wandering eye because they saw Tua in week 17 against the bills and he did not look like he belonged. Right. Like he just did not look like he belonged. And you got to see it's different if you don't belong against, let's say, the Chiefs or you don't belong against, let's say, the Chargers or whatever. But, like, they're not in your division. When you don't look like you belong against the Bills and the Bills look like they're going to be they're going to be around for a while, you know, then you might you might have an issue. Now, I'm, I mean, I don't think Zach would play well against the, uh, the Bills. But, again, like, I want to see how Zach, like, how Zach's talent and how his traits look against the Bills. You know what I'm saying? Cause that that's way more important to me than anything. Everything else can be developed, right? I was having that discussion on um, a Dolphins Twitter Spaces um, yesterday because, like, they Dolphin fans they still they still ignore the fact that Tua has a limited arm. They keep saying, "Oh, Tom Brady doesn't have a big arm." Well, Tom Brady can still watch the ball 60, 70 yards down the field. Like he can make every throw on the field. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, I would I would much rather go with Zach because again, you want to see Zach in 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 these big pressure moments. You know what I'm saying, like. You want to see what you can do against a defense like that. And, the, I mean, the Bengals, they had a good defense. They had a top five defense scoring point-wise. They were holding teams to 18 points. And then Mike White went out there and put up – what did he put up? Zach Wilson played really well against Tennessee Titans. And now look what the Titans, Tennessee Titans look like. They, they look like they're the best team in the AFC. You know what I'm saying? They're beating the Bills. They, I mean, they're beating the – yeah, they're beating the Bills, the Rams, and the Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? They, they handled the Chiefs, and they handled the uh, the Rams. And Zach Wilson helped lead the Jets to a victory over those same Titans. Granted, the Titans didn't have any receivers, but again, they still did what they had to do. So you never know, and you want to see what your young quarterback looks like against a team like that. Yeah, I mean, look, the the Titans didn't have Derrick Henry last night and, and went into the best team in the NFL's house and handily beat them. Um, probably took the MVP away from Matt Stafford unless, you know, he gains that back. Um yeah, I'm I'm on the same page as you. I just think if if they're both fully healthy, I don't I'm not hiding anybody. I'm not Mike White has looked good, but you kind of know. Um, you want to see what Zach's got against the best in the division. The part the, the yep. way we'll see the Jets take the next step, um, whether they finish this year with four wins or seven wins, whatever happens over the next, uh, you know, eight to nine weeks, they have to win some division games. They have done a horrible job at. They've beaten the Dolphins, you know, once in a while, um, you know, at home over the last couple of years. But that's kind of it. They haven't beaten the Bills. They don't beat the Patriots. So, I mean, whatever. The Jets won in, in Buffalo week 17 two years ago. It, who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you got to start winning division games. You got to look good in division games because, frankly, again, we haven't seen that. And, mm-hmm. and that's where you separate yourself, um, you know, between a team that has promise and a team that's going to be good. I'd like to also see Mike White if he's going to play. I want to see what he's got because he looked good through, you know, two drives. Um, but we, you know, Mike White could have gone out and then had, you know, gone seven to 10 to begin with and then, you know, went, finished the game 17 to 40. So we don't really know. In, in terms of that, I, I do not want to see Josh Johnson respectfully. I do not want to see Joe Flacco. Um, that, that trade obviously looks stupid, but in grand scheme of things, who really cares as long as you find the guy? Yeah. Um, you know, in, in terms of that, obviously from the receiver, you receiver room, I just want to finish up quickly here. And uh, the Raiders just cut David Arnett. They are having a god-awful week. Um, David <laughs> Arnett, for people who didn't see, went on Instagram with a – AK and was talking about how he's going to kill people. So that's good. Um, they're having a tough week. Um, but the receiver room is interesting right now because it's kind of, it's kind of what we maybe more expected coming into the season. Corey's obviously your number one, but Elijah pretty clearly looks like the two or could be the one if, you know, need be. Um, mm-hmm. How do you see, how do you see kind of the, the target share happening? Because obviously with Corey out, there's been a lot of heavy rotation. Everyone's kind of gotten reps running backs, targets, tight ends, receivers. Corey kind of felt like target dominant. Um, do you see Elijah's kind of role staying the same and, and Crowder and guys like that, or is it going to be Corey heavily again like what it was, uh, you know, pre-injury? That I don't know, but I, I would prefer, like, you know, just let Corey just kind of get – Not I mean, not, in the rotation part, like, you want Corey to get a lot of snaps, but um, I do feel that if you utilize more the way you have been, I think that's just going to make Corey's job much easier um because i mean granted Corey hasn't been like dynamic but i mean he's, he's been solid like he's been very solid he's gotten the job done when when called upon he still has four touchdowns on the season um he's good in the blocking game because that's one thing when i was watching the colts game one thing that the colts did a great job at was like the receivers helped spring a lot of those long runs also so Corey davis is good in the, in the you know in the blocking game um i think it should be more crowder Davis and everybody else get in when you can get in and um you know just just don't force the ball to to Corey but just sprinkle everybody in um targets wise because you know Elijah Moore starting to flash and show a lot of that talent that he showed during training camp Jameson Crowder is going to be uh he, he's reliable you can always rely on him you can always get the ball to him um and I mean obviously Corey with less pressure on him and less attention will only help him play better, you know? So um, those are kind of my thoughts on, on, on the receiver room. I think it should be those three guys going forward in terms of getting the bulk of the reps um, in games and that'd be that. So we'll, we'll finish with this two quick things. We'll get a prediction for the game or, or it's kind of what you think is going to happen. What is more likely to happen? The dolphins make you incredibly happy on Thursday night and you don't want to delete your Twitter or B the jets, pull off a weird upset where they beat the three best teams in the AFC at one point during the season. Cause I kind of lean the dolphins, but we'll see. Um, which one, which one's more likely. All right. So let, let, let's put this on the table. Both are below 5%. Let's put that on the table. We'll go below 5%. Um, but <laughs> If I had to choose, I would choose the Jets because I've seen them beat the Titans at home. I've seen them beat the Bengals at home with a beat the Bengals backup quarterback. The Dolphins have the worst offensive line in the NFL. 
and the Ravens have a good defensive line. Campbell, you know, led by Campbell. So I think that the chances, I just, I would, I mean, I think ones that I put it just like four percent, and I put the the Dolphins at like one point two percent. Cause right, that's fair. I don't know. I mean, I just don't. I'm not sure. I trust the uh, the Dolphins to just give like shutting Lamar down on a short week is nearly impossible. Although the Bengals did drop, you know, it just the NFL is weird. So I don't know. Thursday night, you never know what you're going to get. Um, you don't need to necessarily give us a score. Obviously, we both think the Bills are going to win Sunday. Um, if if Mike White is the starter, I guess the two things we'll finish with it. What what would be a good stat line for you to say? All right, like there's a chance we could start. Like where would the controversy start? in terms of the Miami game, um, it, you know, what does Mike White have to do starting? And then B, if one player has a huge game, it gives the Jets a chance on uh, on Sunday afternoon. So I think uh, Mike White would probably have to go for 300 again. Yeah, he had to go for 300 again, a couple of touchdowns, because I don't think let – me, let me actually look this up right now. I don't think a single quarterback has thrown for over 100 well, – over 300 yards against his Bills – uh, defense this year if I'm if, I mean I'm, I'm not I, I gotta fact check that but yeah I don't think a single quarterback's um thrown thrown for that you know I don't Tannehill didn't Mahomes didn't let me just double check let me just double check with Mahomes, Mahomes Tua did, did not Big Ben Tua did, did not. not you know what I'm saying those have uh, not beaten a team with a winning record which is really weird to think about but at the same time they also still that defense is still cooked. It's been the offense kind of sputtering at times. That you know the Jags game, Trevor Lawrence didn't sound like he did something special. The Steelers game was like sixteen to nine for a long time. Yeah. EJ Watt just feasted. So, yeah, yeah, bro. It's it's just, it's straight up just been like they've been hounding quarterbacks. So if Mike White would throw for like three hundred against that defense, then we have a legitimate. Like I would still say start Zach, but it'll be a legitimate discussion, like both ways. Because you can make the argument that Mike White gives you your best chance to win more games this year. For me, I'm saying I'm not really worried about wins and losses this year. From that aspect, I understand wanting to win, but like you want to win with you know with, with, with Zach leading the way, or just you know get seeing what you got in Zach um, because he's he's supposed to be your future. So it's better if we see him um, versus Mike White. And lastly, one guy this week, um, if they ball out, they keep the, either keep the Jets in the game or the reason that they could upset them um, at home. I'm going to go, I'll go first. I think they need a massive game from one of their D linemen. I think they need to have like two, three sack type of like game where, or, you know, five, six pressures and two sacks, they force a fumble. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the only chance they have is, you know, that and, you know, maybe Quinton gets a Denver game in there or JFM has a, you know, game similar to some of the stuff early in the game. So how about, uh, how about yourself? Yeah, I, I agree there because you're going to make Josh Allen uncomfortable. You're going to make them one dimensional. Um, and that's going to start with the D-line. So, yeah, that, that, that's kind of, I kind of agree. I mean, not kind of, I completely agree with you there. I was going, I was thinking CJ Mosley, but for CJ Mosley have a great game in that aspect, he's going to need a defensive line to do their part also. Um, Obviously, Mike White goes bonkers, and I mean he's another guy too. But um, or Zach. Um, but yeah, those those are like the the three slash four people that I'm you know looking at that could actually help the Jets if they were to get an upset. They'd be the driving force in that aspect. 
if the Jets upset the Bills, do we start the the in the hunt talk with the schedule coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The next, I'm interested to see, and we mentioned the D line a lot, and um, you know they at home they've looked really good um, for the most part, pretty much every week, and on the road they've been pretty non-existent. Mm-hmm. Um, they got four and five at home now. They'll get Buffalo, and then they get Miami, Houston, New Orleans, Philly. Uh, you know, and Houston's not at home, and then they get the Jags. Like their their schedule between yeah, after this Bills game until Week 16 against uh, you know. I think it's Tampa. Or, yeah, it's, no, week 17 is Tampa and then uh, Buffalo to finish. Yeah. They have a good chance here. They need to start to stack Ws to, um, you know, get people, you know, to kind of start believing it's not just, you know, one-off game flukes and the Jets memes and things like that. Like, you got to start proving it week after week. Um, and, that, you know, that's how you earn respect in this league. We will, uh, you know, obviously be back next week. Uh, make sure you guys are checking out DJ's work. Obviously, everyone that listens to pods very familiar with um, his work, but obviously some articles will be dropping this week. Um, if you're not following DJ on Twitter, please do so. Um, yeah, and then make sure you guys are subscribed to the feed. Obviously, as always, um, my show, uh, TOJ Live, and in uh, draft season, and Badlands with Joe and Connor. I know they have a big week playing. Connor's going to do some All-22 stuff. Uh, and get that in there. So we'll, uh, DJ, thank you as always for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Appreciate you having me.